Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. And if you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing our faces for the first time ever, uh, probably in your life. So congratulations for that. Uh, big changes coming to the Cowboy Chronicles. We're going to talk about all of that stuff. We're going to talk Oklahoma State football, of course. Uh, we just visited with Mike Gundy uh, in his first pregame luncheon today here. It's, uh, it's Thursday afternoon, a week away from, uh, from the season opener against Central Michigan, Jacob. It's it's actually here. It's finally here. It it's, absolutely It's is. finally here. But let's talk about right. where we are first. Right, exactly. And what we're doing. Exactly. You we get to leave, see our pretty faces. Away. That's a our, debatable Our question. faces are made you for can, print, if you're you being can, honest. Uh, you can see our faces. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> um, we're doing video this year. We're going to YouTube with it. Right. It'll still go to your, all your Apple, Spotify, wherever you That's find your right. podcasts that we place them. But we, we went and got a sponsor. We, we're we here at Stone Cloud uh, Brewing Company Tap Room. Here in Stillwater, um, you see the the nice beers, um, back room, background tap room going on. Fantastic um, place! It's awesome. This really, place is really great. cool location. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it except this is a wonderful place. You know, there's a, it's Oklahoma City. It's where it started. Yeah. But the owner, the the one of the founders is from Stillwater, so they wanted to open a location here, and this place is bigger, crazier. A lot cool, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, good place to come uh, here in Stillwater. Nine Seventeen South Husband Street here in Stillwater. So uh, we're going to be we're going to be coming here Tuesday nights after we visit with uh, with Oklahoma State players after practice during regular game week. So we're still a couple of Tuesdays away from uh, from that opportunity. We're, but we're kicking off the season here today to uh, to get everything going. Uh, really looking forward to the opportunity that we have to uh, to do this here. It's uh, like we said, a really cool place, and uh, obviously we've got some some avid listeners of the uh, the Cowboy Chronicles. We appreciate those of you who've been interacting with us on Twitter. Uh, been really enjoying that, and we're excited to be going again. And we're really excited to be here at uh, at Stone Cloud here in Stillwater. Like I said, we're going to be here on Tuesday, so you'll be able to come hang out with us, uh, drink a beer with us if you want to. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get into some more of that uh, discussion here in a little bit, but. Um, uh, we're we got we're really excited about what we've got the opportunity to do here. We're really appreciative of the of the folks here at Stone Cloud for uh, for working with us and giving us a chance to do this. So um, you know we'll get into s- some more details about what our post game podcast is going to look like. That'll be a little bit different. It um, won't be here. It will not be here at, at Stone Cloud. It'll be um, you know from uh, from a, a different location. Uh, not 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 really a location. Just be wherever we happen to be <laughs> when it t- when it comes time to record that podcast. But um, We'll uh, we'll update you on all of those details when we get to to that point. But uh, these uh, these midweek podcasts that we do, we're really excited about what we're going to have the chance to uh, come out and, and interact with people and and share all the information that we typically have here on the Cowboy Chronicles. So, um, with that, I think we should. There's there's two things we we really need yes. to discuss regarding this. Number one, the mobile podcast studio yes is no more. It is no more. I mean. The, the 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 location itself it's right out there in the parking yeah, yeah. lot yeah. it's uh typically it was it was jacob's vehicle um you know while we we're driving home on tuesday your nights. vehicle sometimes vehicle too sometimes uh occasionally so uh but almost always on the road when you heard us uh, broadcasting from the uh, the mobile podcast studio we were driving home from stillwater uh to oklahoma city so um but that is no more we have the chance now to uh, to be here on location and bring you a cool show so uh same great content uh, just a, uh, a, a smoother uh, oper- operation for us trying to put it all together here. We don't have to worry about um, random phone calls happening in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so so I think we should talk our favorite moments from oh, the mobile absolutely. podcast studio. Absolutely. You did this a little longer than me. I know you and, and Nathan 
Ruiz particularly did right. the mobile podcast studio too. But for me, I you know I'm gonna start with the number one thing. The time that my wife Ashley, my wonderful <laughs> wife Ashley, she'd had a scooter accident, broke her nose, and she decided you know or she didn't decide she had issues on the way home one time, and we had to take her to the emergency room later. But she was calling me in the middle of the podcast. We thought we paused the podcast. We told them to edit it out. It did not get edited out. You can go back and find that podcast way back from the 2019 season right. of Ashley needing to go to the emergency room as I'm on the way home. We're almost to Edmond, um, and she's calling me. It's it's very stressful, very, very tough time uh, around our household there, but uh, that moment still makes us laugh. It makes her laugh. Um, shout out to her cousins, uh, Kit and Case and Kale. They're the ones who pointed out that it never got edited to us. They listened to the podcast. They, they, they noticed, hey, that didn't get edited out. It was really funny. And it is funny. That's one of the moments that stands out to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my, uh, uh, that one, it, honestly, that's probably my favorite. But, <laughs> but for, the, uh, for the sense of, of some variation, I'll go back to 2017 when it was Nathan Ruiz and I. Uh, we were driving uh, from Manhattan, Kansas to our hotel in, in Topeka. And we were, uh, we were driving along on a, a really dark highway. In uh, after uh, I don't know if it was a night game or if we just finished at night, but uh, we're driving through the middle of nowhere in Kansas on this two-lane highway, and a deer jets across the highway in front of us. <laughs> oh no! And now we we don't acknowledge it. We don't discuss what happened. But there's a good ten seconds of silence while we're trying to figure out exactly <laughs> like what, number one processing the fear that we yeah. just had because it was really close to hitting us, and uh, and then figuring out how do we proceed. <laughs> without making this uh, a, a crazy situation, so uh, there's been some uh, some you know definite funny uh, funny moments uh, well, you know driving down the road and 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 have to you you're driving having to slam on the brakes and I, I'm the the podcast oh, yeah. flying and, yeah uh, things yeah. like that different different uh, crazy moments. There was another time too that reminded me the deer reminded me of the time I, I don't know if you remember this when we're driving back and we're in Edmond we're driving back from an availability and there was a piece of a trailer or a, or an engine <laughs> yeah. or a muffler right. or something that was. Flying down the highway, <laughs> sparking, right, and I'm like having to avoid it at the same time. So you're you're fortunately you're talking, and I'm <laughs> silent, thinking, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god," right. and we're dodging that at the same time. Didn't miss a beat, but I thought, "Oh my god, that was almost bad." Yeah, there were a lot of moments. I, I think when the uh, the person who was who was in the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. Was trying to figure out how long do I need to stall while <laughs> yeah. the driver yeah. navigates whatever situation is. Yeah, is, that's is that's what we had in the mobile podcast studio. But here we're not, we don't have to avoid, we we don't have to worry about avoiding flying objects or right. deer. Yes. Um, we just got to catch beers thrown at us. Exactly. Might have the occasional dog. This place oh, is yeah. dog friendly. It is dog friendly. Uh, so we might have. Uh, it's family friendly too. It is. It absolutely so there'll be is. kids here maybe. Um, yeah, and um, as you mentioned beer being thrown at us yes uh the second we walked in the door they were ready for us and, they were uh, i appreciate it now, what uh what, what what do you got in yours right there? i'm drinking a hazy which honestly now it's um called cue the juice cue the juice and it's a uh beer that is a collaboration with the stillwater humane society so right. a lot of this goes to charity um which i think is neat and i also i'm a big hazy guy yeah. i love beer but right. hazy IPAs really kind of hit yep. the spot with me, so yep. this this is where I'm at. And one you've never had before, correct? Yes, I'd never had this, so I right. think it's only exclusive to the Stillwater right. tap That's, room. Uh, that, was, um, that was my understanding. And as well. so uh, it's pretty great. So yeah. what do you? What about you? I got. Uh, I went with the uh, the Neon Sunshine, which is uh, probably it's one of classic. their uh, their their classics and uh, uh, one that you can find. I mean, I see it at the on queue by my house in in Bethany yes. all the time. So uh, easy to find if you're uh, if you're curious about that. Uh, but we'll uh, we got a chance to explore the full beer menu over the course of the season. Yeah, I don't. I, I might. I, I might have to make it some sort of game or goal as the season <laughs> goes on to try like 
The problem is the rotators rotate so much. That's why they're right. called rotators. Yeah. So I don't know if I can get to all of them just you know once a week, but uh, you know maybe I'll have to try a different one each week to tell to tell our listeners and, and viewers. Right. I guess they have viewers now. Yes, exactly. Um, tell them what you know what Stone Cloud has to offer because I think Stone Cloud is is top notch and and one of the best, if not the best, brewery in the state. Um, so I will I will stand by that. This place is fantastic. Absolutely. Um, since you brought up listeners and viewers, I did want to did want to mention this is uh, this is all new for us. Yes. So. You got uh, you know things that you notice that are uh, that are looking weird. Things we should maybe try. Any advice for us? Fire away. You know where to find us on Twitter because that's probably where you find uh, have been finding our podcast a, a lot. Uh, at, at Jacob Unruh, at Scott Wright, okay. Um, you, our email addresses are uh, sright at Oklahoman, junruh at oklahoman.com. So uh, you know we're always open to uh, to feedback because, like we said, this is our first time venturing into these waters and uh, really looking forward to it. But we want to make it the uh, the best possible show for uh for the listeners and the viewers so um with that does that uh does that take care of all of our uh, our housekeeping i issues, think so uh, i think we've i think top? we've got everything good on that and i think we could talk some football finally i think i think we can so uh we're gonna get into some some predictions uh gonna get into uh a, a few other uh, uh things but um kind of want to start with the, the the big takeaways from mike gundy's uh 45 minutes that he spoke yeah. to us at uh his preseason luncheon today um you know i thought the, uh, the his revelation that he could see him coach coaching to six, age sixty five or beyond, which is more than a decade yeah, from now. That's a long time. Was a uh, pretty interesting thing because he's always been one of those guys that that sort of said when he was done he'd be done and he'd head out to the farm and and uh, and do those things. But he's he's kind of changing his tune now a little bit. Yeah, I think I think he's had this rejuvenation, this uh, spark ignited by the the new administration. Primarily, right. I think you know. President uh, Shrum and, and Chad Weiberg, the athletic director, um, and even now Brett Yormark, the new Big 12 commissioner. You know, they right. met for over an hour the other day when, when Yormark was in Stillwater, and, and it seemed they really connected. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just kind of lit a fire under Gundy. He said, well, he's the happiest he's ever been right. at this point. You know, he said he's in heaven with, yeah. with this kind of administration and, and a Big 12 commissioner that, that really want to do things and move forward and really believe in the Big 12 and believe in OSU. Um, I think that's changed his tune. I think yeah. that's just kind of – I think it's loosened him up too. I think he feels right. a little freer. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, he got into uh, talking about the fact that he doesn't really know what he would do in retirement mm-hmm. either. Um, you know, not the type to sit around by the pool and hang out. Um, he I, didn't talk about golf, but I know he's not a golfer. Yeah, I um, wanted to tell him to get a book by the pool. He said, I just can't <laughs> sit around the pool and watch. And I'm yeah. like, get a book, man. Just <laughs> right? get a book and a drink, and you're good. That's what I like to do around the pool. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's that's not for him. So um, you know, coaching. He t- he talked about broadcasting that he would be open to mm-hmm. that idea. He'd be really good at that. He would be a lot of fun in the uh, in the booth if uh, you know he's given the leeway to to be himself. Um, you know, you never know how that's going to go. Um, you know, he might be better situated in like a uh, uh, pregame postgame type mm-hmm. show where they have a little more freedom to to talk. But but either way. He would he would definitely fit in to the uh, to the booth system really well or the TV system really well, so. But it sounds like he's pretty content being on the sidelines. He's really proud of what he has uh, has helped build mm-hmm. at yeah. Oklahoma State. Been the the leader of building at Oklahoma State. Uh, obviously, a lot of other people have impacted that. Boone Pickens and and Mike Holder. Even though he and Gundy didn't always get along, mm-hmm. um, he didn't get along with Boone either. Right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, uh, still, really. Uh, significant mm-hmm. impact on what was built at Oklahoma State. Um, you know, the uh, the thing that, that was really interesting to me was seeing 
the picture that uh, uh, OSU Assistant Athletic Director for Communications, Kevin Clintworth, tweeted out, um, what was it, Wednesday night, showing what the stadium looked like, what Boone Pickens Stadium looked like in 2005 when Mike Gundy coached his first game. And it was, uh, it was a fraction of what it has become. The West End Zone was uh, a tiny little bleachers with a, with a, a, a big screen that it looked was, like it probably would have fit in your living room. Yeah, it was crazy. It was pretty incredible to uh, to look. I at barely it remember the going. I went to a game when I was in middle school. I barely remember that, yeah. but I remember it being nothing like it is now. Right, exactly. So, um, really, really uh, impressive what Mike Gundy has uh, has led the charge in building at Oklahoma State, and I uh, you could tell that uh, you know it's something that means that really means a lot to him, and and he sees himself being involved for uh, for quite a while. Um, there was some some Central Michigan 2016 talk today, which we uh, we anticipated. Obviously, that's uh, one of the most uh, well known games, yep. maybe in uh, in Mike Gundy's tenure because of all the craziness that that happened at the end with the uh, the extra play that that shouldn't have happened, and Central Michigan throwing the hail mary and winning the game. Um, but uh, you know, Gundy didn't talk a lot about that. He talked more about the fact that they didn't play well that day, that they. Didn't give themselves. They, they put themselves in that in that position by yeah. not playing well, and uh, talked about the fact that Cooper Rush, the Central Michigan quarterback, was a really good player and and uh, picked them apart a little bit, things like that. So, um, you know, he, uh, he he joked about the loss. Uh, didn't necessarily uh, get you know too yeah. uh, too worked up over it. No, I think he talked more about it. it wakes him up a little bit, but he he did joke that he wishes the judge would come back and rule that a win he'd already have his 150th win exactly he'd uh, already already. be out of the way but maybe there would be a little bit of sweetness that that, you know if they win thursday against central michigan that that is his 150th win right considering that he kind of had one taken away from him by you know that he shouldn't have so maybe that that'll make up for it a little bit maybe but uh yeah i mean he avoided that but i can't blame him necessarily either right yeah nothing you can do about it now no unless that judge wants to get involved yeah yeah I am excited for that biography you talked about, though. As twice now this preseason, yeah. he's mentioned a book. Yeah, um, yeah, that'd be good. He says it's gonna be pretty big. Like I was, thinking, <laughs> yeah, I he was. He was like, uh, like what was the old baseball book? Uh, oh, uh, baseball reference. Yeah, 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 Bill James. Yeah, yeah, Bill. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was yeah. thinking, you know, uh, Barack Obama's book is, is <laughs> right. really big, and I yeah. was thinking, I was picturing that maybe two of those. Yeah, the way he was kind of right, kind of exactly. going size there. Um, yeah, Barry Trammell. Offered to write it, but yeah. he speculated that he might not be able to write it. He may not be around if, if Gundy coaches <laughs> past the age of sixty-five. So, uh, one hundred and forty-nine and sixty-nine in his career—that's pretty, crazy. Pretty solid record for uh, a coach at a at a program that, um, in ma- in many respects, doesn't get viewed as mm-hmm. as uh, the consistent winner that they've that they've become yeah. under Gundy. So, um, so number one fifty could be happening a week from today. Uh, on Thursday night over at Boone Pickens Stadium. So, but uh, but according to Gundy, it's just uh, it's just a uh, just a mile marker along the road. Yeah, on the way to he's going to be coaching bigger. a lot longer. He said so. So that'll be interesting. Um, another one that stood out to me was another Gundy. Mm-hmm. Gunner Gundy is now officially the backup quarterback. Yes. Um, he was listed as or with Garrett Rangel on the uh, the depth chart, and then. Gundy was Mike Gundy was asked directly if you know Spencer loses his helmet on a plane has to leave who comes in, and uh, Mike said Gunner Gunner's next one up no hesitation no hesitation whatsoever it's Gunner's job now not to say he wants to play Garrett Rangel too he wants both of them to get to get in the game he wants both of them to get that experience um, so 
I think we'll see both at some point. That's the hope, at least. Uh, they wanted to see more quarterbacks last year, too, and they just couldn't get, get ahead of teams right. with all the injuries they had in the first non-conference games. But they stay healthy. I think we'll see both, but we're going to see Gunner first, which I yeah. think it was is really interesting um, how far Gunner has come. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there was so much unknown with him mm-hmm. because – you know, uh, I mean, we both covered him in high, in high school. I, I was earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. You you were you were throughout his entire career, but um, obviously talented. Uh, obviously, some unique traits uh, and some some obvious concerns mm-hmm. about about his his ability. Then uh, the recruiting process wasn't as intense as I thought it would be. But yeah. you don't know how much of that is people just assuming he's going to Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. So, which uh, is what a lot of it was, right? Exactly. So there was that that tug of war with you not really knowing how he was viewed by other Power 5 schools. Um, so then to come in, you know, he takes the, uh, the the one season off, comes in in January of 2021, and and really dedicates himself to getting bigger, getting stronger. Um, I think he's I, – I think I think it's fair to say he's refined his throwing motion. Yeah. He, it's not quite perfect yet, but it's better. Right. Yeah. Because he used to have this real long – and now we've got video I can show it. He, right, used, to, yeah. he used to bring it way back here. Right. Yeah. Kind of like a, like a baseball wind-up almost yeah. to throw it, and that was that was troublesome. Um, but it worked for him. He throws a great deep right. ball. And yeah. oh, it was always accurate passer. It's just a motion you got to clean up at the college level. But, uh, yeah. you know, they did that, and – He's gained speed. You know what Mike say? Mike said at media day he went from a four eight to what, like a four a, five. A four, yeah, like a, like a high four five. So. Yeah, and so I mean he's gotten faster and um, he knows the system. So I, I I could see why he won the job, um, but I'll be interested to see if Garrett Rangel can kind of take it back later. Yeah, that's uh, not to not to look too far down the line, mm-hmm. but but a, a few weeks ago I had a chance to visit with Zane Flores and his coach from Gretna, Nebraska, mm-hmm. outside of Omaha, who's the commit in the 2023 class. And, um, you know, he's a guy, he's coming in early. He'll be here next January. And you start looking at, at assuming Spencer takes his COVID year yeah. and starts again next year, you're going to have you're gonna have those three guys that have been mm-hmm. in the program for a while competing for that starting job in 2024 and, and, and possibly another kid that comes in between now and then. Mm-hmm. So, um it's uh, there's a lot that could happen that, that could set that up to be a very intriguing quarterback competition yeah. i think at that point so um getting back to uh, to the present day uh, a few things i got the depth chart here in front of me and uh, we tweeted this out if you want to go uh, go find it but um three true freshmen on the uh, on the two yeah. which uh, which i thought was uh interesting uh, garrett rangel we we expected we, to be yeah, he'd be on there to be the way that it that it went um the one that really caught me off guard was austin kowecki the, uh, the the true freshman from Frisco, Texas, slotted in as the backup left tackle. Um, that said, I, I think I think I think the first offensive lineman off the bench is Jason Brooks, yeah. one way or another. Queso, our Queso, boy Queso, exactly. I, I'm, I'm not calling him Jason Brooks again. The rest of the podcast, he's Queso. He's Queso. He doesn't have a last name. It's just Queso. Just Queso. Um, but yeah. So, uh, but but still, for a true freshman at this point to be listed on the two deep. I think is uh, is shows a lot about what they believe in this guy because they've got other guys that could be in the mix there and uh, different things they could have done. So um, it tells you that they're uh, they're pretty comfortable with with what he's doing. And the uh, the the last true freshman on the two deep, not really a surprise, but Talon Shetron yeah. uh, at the uh, at the wide receiver position, the Z behind Braden Johnson and Langston Anderson. Yeah. So, He's an or with Anderson. He is. He is. And so as an or. That with was only surprised me just because I know he was limited early in camp. Right. He did deal with some, um, some injuries. Yeah. And so that kind of surprised me. Just a hint. Just a hint. Just because, 
like I said, he wasn't that involved. Casey Dunn was pretty open about that early that he wasn't too involved, so he's a little behind. So yeah. that one kind of surprised me. He made the depth chart, but yeah, looking uh, looking farther down the depth chart at running back, um, not a surprise. That's a mess. There are a whole bunch of oars yeah. on uh, that portion of the uh, the depth chart. The only one who doesn't have an oar is Dominic Richardson. He's the starter. Yeah. That's that's, uh, that's all we that's know. That's all you know at this point. I'm going to be very curious to see how that plays out on Thursday in terms of who comes in when, yeah. how many carries they get, uh, all those sorts of things. And, and obviously it, it, it means something to an extent, but you go back to last season, Jalen Warren had five carries in the season. Yeah, over and, that's true. Um, you know, so uh, a lot can change. But in terms of determining who that backup is going to be or who the number three is going to be, because they're going to need at least three of those guys competing. And, uh, and just for the, the, the sake of the discussion – they're listed in this order: Dominic Richardson, Jaden Nixon, Ollie Gordon, DeAndre Jackson. Um, it's hard to know I, if that means does that, anything. Does that really mean much? Right. No. I mean, we so. could see DeAndre Jackson be the number two guy right. on Thursday. Exactly. So, so um, you know, and 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 it's entirely possible that C.J. Brown is still in this mix somewhere yeah, too. Yeah. They ran out of space. Exactly. You know, or they just didn't want to list everybody. Right. Um, and then uh, this, uh, the most interesting thing on the defensive side of the depth chart is the, the, the defensive ends and, and yeah. who's listed where. Yeah, um, it was wild to me. Yeah, and, and Gundy played it off when I, when I brought mm-hmm. it up and asked about it. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're in these spots for a reason. The, yeah. the most notable thing is that Trace Ford is no longer listed with the Leos, Brock Martin and, and, and Colin Oliver. He's on the other side behind as, a, as an oar with Tyler Lacey, yeah. who we've, uh, we've heard multiple times is playing a little bit on the inside, playing yeah. as a defensive tackle. So... Uh, you know, in that case, that bumps Ford into the starting role. But uh, you know, uh, to counter that, Nathan Latou, who is not really built like a, a Leo type guy mm-hmm. at 265 pounds, yeah. is is over to the other side now and, and play in that Leo I, spot. So, I almost wonder if Derek Mason just said, "Ah, uh, just throw these guys here. These, right. uh, I'm going to play yeah. these four. We're going to figure it out. They might start here. Trace, no, Trace might start over here instead right. of a Leo." Right? No, no, yeah. Colin might go over there too. But yeah. <laughs> let's just list these four wherever right. we could put them. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll mess with it on game day because I think right. at some point you're going to see all four of those guys on the field together. Oh, yeah. You know, I think that package that Jim Knowles installed last year where you look down and all four defensive linemen were defensive ends right. with Tyler Lacey on, you know, coming down with his hand on the ground and mm-hmm. everyone else standing up rushing. Yeah. I think we're going to see some form of that. Yeah. If not more, I think we'll see Trace Ford or Colin Oliver play a little bit of a linebacker type spot at right. times. I think I think there's so many things that Derek Mason's gonna do with this that it almost makes me think in, in my head when he saw this depth chart, like I've got to fill out something. Let's <laughs> right. just throw some names and throw some oars on him because yeah. I really don't know what we're gonna do and I don't want people to know what we're gonna do. Yeah. And so I'm not giving anything away. So I got all this depth, I got all these weapons. It's an embarrassment of riches. Right. Let's just put them all on there and we'll figure it out later. Yeah. Uh, I mean think about think about the fear a quarterback is going to feel. Oh man! Looking across the line and seeing Tyler Lacey in the middle, Trace Ford on one end, Colin Oliver on one end, and and Brock Martin somewhere yeah. loom, looming uh, along the defensive line. I mean, that's uh, that's a lot of sacks that's, waiting waiting to happen right there. Yeah, and then if you throw in, say you go to goal line setting, and you throw all right. those guys in there, you throw in a Brendan Evers, and or a Colin Clay or right. a you know a Sione Asi, you got these guys that are so big and intimidating and physical that. Man, that's I don't I don't know that's 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 scary I I envy Derek Mason as a defensive <laughs> coordinator with this right um, a couple other guys uh, not not necessarily uh, depth chart related but just guys that were that were talked a lot about about today Colin Clay the uh, mm-hmm. the Putnam City native 
who uh, who spent a year at Arkansas, transferred to Oklahoma State, hasn't played a game in two years since he's been here, but uh, listed as a, a, a backup at uh, at the defensive tackle spot behind Brennan Evers. Uh, would be very interesting to see him uh, you know, get involved. I mean, yeah. back when he was in high school, he was a defensive end, mm-hmm. uh, has obviously bulked up to 310 pounds now. <laughs> yeah, and he's huge now. Yes, he absolutely is. So. Every time I see him, I think, man, he's getting huge. And he's got he's got a big family. I mean, his dad's seven feet tall. And, right. And as a big man too and so you see colin clay and it's like man and if you know who colin clay is his little brother is obviously warren yes clay the cowboy the warren kid the cowboy. cowboy and um you know go pokes kid so um he's already got he's been involved in game day in different ways i guess but <laughs> right. uh you know colin i mean i've been recovering colin in high school and thinking this kid had a huge motor and a lot of a lot of talent and i know oshu wanted him initially he went to arkansas and he played at arkansas yeah that's the other thing too like I know Mike today was saying he doesn't really have a lot of game experience. He played pretty well at he, Arkansas he, and, and had some experience. And a amount. Yeah, and made some plays. And so I think that's huge. I think if you get him involved, all of a sudden you have even more depth in the middle of that, that run-stopping part of the defense. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I think their, their depth at defensive tackle is less proven mm-hmm. than it is on the edges. Yes. But when you mix in a guy like Clay, Xavier Ross, who's been around for a long time, uh, Samuel Tuihalamaka has has played a, quite a bit at this point. He's a redshirt yeah. senior. He's been playing since he was a freshman. So, And then Aiden Kelly, who's the guy that they were really excited about yeah. last year. And he got to play a little. And he did. He popped in a couple of games. So so the depth isn't as proven in that position, but uh, but I think that the I think the talent has a chance to, to be yeah. uh, very similar to what they had yeah. a year ago. So I Another one I think you're going to bring this up is Kendall Daniels, right? Yes. Because exactly. we we got to talk. Hold on a second. So last week, Mike Gundy, I missed this. I, I was not there for Mike Gundy's press conference. I was only there for the players last week. Decided to do some one-arm push-ups and talk about the movie Rocky and show off his ability to do a one-arm push-up and how easy it is. <laughs> um, and he also pointed out to the Ben Ben or Sam Hutchins. I don't remember which one was there last ben. week. Ben Hutchins, one of the twins for the Ocali. Um, you know, they'd never seen the movie Rocky. Which is such a shame that they've never seen the movie Rocky. They finally watched it well, last, last night, right? Night, yeah. Anyway, so he's got his references going. Today he brings out another classic movie reference, sports movie reference, Major League, yeah. which is a great movie. Great movie. But he compares Kendall Daniels to the wild thing, <laughs> Rick Vaughn. Yeah. And how he throws 100 miles an hour and doesn't know where, where it's going to go. Pretty much how Kendall Daniels is playing, apparently. Right, exactly. But he's going to be starting safety, and he's all over the map, apparently, just with athleticism and talent. And... Gundy's like, I just hope we can point him in the right direction and let him right. go. That's essentially what it's like with Kendall Daniels right now. And it's yeah. fun. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, I mean, physically, I've, oh. I've never covered a safety that's built the way that, no. that he is at 6'4", 205, and, uh, and incredibly athletic. My first interaction with him was covering a Beggs State basketball tournament oh, yeah. game. And uh, he's definitely very agile, very quick. And uh, and moves his feet really well, which is obviously important yeah. for for a defensive back. So uh, you can see the um, the talent that he is beginning to uh, to scratch the surface of, and uh, the the sky seems to be the limit for this kid. I gotta I gotta ask, favorite sports movie? Uh, Bull Durham. No, that's mine close. too. That's mine too. This isn't gonna be that great of a conversation. <laughs> no. Sorry, everybody. My, that's no. my favorite movie. <laughs> I've loved it since I was, you know, able to watch that movie. I wasn't right. allowed to for a while, but right, yeah, you know, as, as, I, as I got older, I was finally able to, and it's been my all-time favorite sports movie ever since. No, I, so. I was uh, very recently debating because I was having the same conversation with my uh, my brother, mm. and um, I was like, I need to show Taden 
Bull Durham. Oh, no, I can't <laughs> no, show can't, Bull Durham yet. Yeah, yeah, no. It's too soon for that. No, here, here's what I remember about Bull Durham, my first memory. My, I lived with my grandparents for a long time growing up. Um, and I was a little kid. It was like three, from three to about 12. I lived with them with my mom. And they, you know, remember those old movie clubs that would just send you VHS tapes mm, of movies? Right, yeah. They randomly sent Bull Durham to my grandparents. <laughs> and I was like, I want to watch this movie so bad. It's a baseball movie. Right. And I'd read the cover and I didn't understand some of it. And, uh-huh. But my mom was like, nope, absolutely not. My grandma, absolutely not. And I was yeah. like, oh, all right. Yeah. So eventually, I think later, like after I moved out, I ended up getting that VHS tape. And I got to watch it and fell in love with it. <laughs> right. So, but, yeah. yeah, that's that's my Bull Durham, like, how I discovered it. I was not old enough. Right. Yeah. But, you know, you got the old VHS tape there and got to watch it that way. There you go. Yeah. Good deal. I just dated myself. Yeah. And you, too. Oh, but, yeah. oh, absolutely. I'm older than you. So, listen. <laughs> Gundy all, called you yeah, young today. He, it's he absolutely did. <laughs> and uh, and I, I can't hide from my age now because it's on the uh, yeah, audio true. of the Gundy press conference because he asked me how old I was. So, um, but he called you young. I was impressed. Right. I, yeah. can see, I can see you starting to float on cloud nine. Oh, I absolutely A little was. bit. I was like, oh, Scott's done for the day. Oh, it's absolutely. been fun. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're, too, you're, you're still young. Yes, sir, I am. Thank you very much. Um, okay, I think that, uh, you know, that hits the most of the high points of the depth chart. The wide receivers, for people that are curious, the, the top four, Jaden Bray, Brendan Presley, John Paul Richardson, and Braden Johnson, the top four wide receivers. No surprises there. On the depth chart, no surprise there. I think uh, – uh, we should talk about tight end because that's obviously uh, an issue. But yeah. but I think because of the issues they're facing at tight end, um, I, I think you're going to see those four guys on the field a lot uh, when it gets down to uh, to more serious crunch time. Uh, because I think that uh, that they like the um, the danger, the, the the threat that that poses when they've got four receivers on the field mm-hmm. as opposed to putting one of their tight ends on the field. Because this Blaine Green injury is is. Becoming a bit a, a bit concerning, yeah. I'd say at this point. A um, lot of a lot of rumblings about the the exact uh, status, but uh, Gundy told us they'll know more in three days. Yeah. Uh, but a wrist injury that uh, that sounds somewhat significant. Not expected to play this week for sure. Um, you know, we'll see where uh, where things go uh, with him beyond that. But um, you know, Gundy always always plays it close to the vest with yeah. injuries, and um, uh, this one is uh, is no different. So. Uh, but with that said, Braden Cassidy is the most experienced mm-hmm. tight end that they've got. Uh, Jake Schultz, a walk-on from Prague. It's probably the least experienced tight end the they have. The least experienced tight end that they've got, <laughs> but has, uh, has moved himself to the, uh, the top of the depth chart, yeah. listed as an oar, along with Cassidy. And this is a guy who, number one, was a walk-on. Number two, was a defensive end for his mm-hmm. first, what, three years on Just campus. Just like Braden so, Cassidy. Exactly, yeah. So Cassidy wasn't Cassidy a walk-on. Cassidy was recruited, but yeah. yeah. But yes, uh, a defensive end and... Uh, moved over to the other side of the ball in spring. Uh, he's been a, a, a really talented athlete. They've got him in on some special mm-hmm. teams throughout his career. He worked his way into a playing role and uh, and now has himself in the mix to uh, to be involved in that, that tight end spot. Um, that said, I think that uh, I think that's a big part of why they'll you'll see them go to four wide because they don't have the pass catching threat mm-hmm. really. Luke Cassidy has held himself up better than I expected him to, based on the way he talked about, you know, uh, over the over the last couple of years, talking about his uh, yeah. his difficulties with catching the ball. But and last year when he talked about how he'd never caught a pass before, <laughs> or something basically was right. was terrifying. Then he caught a couple, so he's yeah. he's figured it out a little. Yeah, he's done all right. But uh, but that'll be interesting to see how mm-hmm. they use those yeah. two guys. Quentin Stewart also listed as a backup at, at the tight end spot. So uh, Tanner Brown won the uh, the kicking competition over Alex Hale. Yep. Um, I mean, hard to hard to know there. Might see both of them. I mean, it's hard to tell. Yeah. They, they, may, just, they may not want to put an oar on kicker. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, um, kickoffs was one that uh, I was I was curious about because they've got Dominic Richardson listed as the number two guy. Yeah, I just don't see that. And I don't being see now not with, with his health being such a yeah a important thing. I don't think they're gonna we're gonna see him back there. Yeah, I think at some point we're gonna see both Presleys back there. I do at think some that point. Will I, at I don't some think point. it'll be next week, but I think at some point we're gonna see Braylon back there with Brennan. Yes. Out of the four kick returners listed, Braylon was not among them. Jaden no. Nixon, John Paul Richardson, the other two on the uh, on the list there. Jaden Nixon listed as the backup punt returner as well. Um, you know, I think I think he's the guy that we're more likely to see as the secondary guy yeah. back on on, uh, on on kickoff return. Um, but we'll see. Uh, you know, and and that's that could turn into be a, a more important role because people are going to start trying to avoid giving the ball to Presley. So. Yeah. After seeing what he's been able to do once he uh, once he gets a chance, so all right. Um, with that said, should we jump into our predictions? We should. I all think right. we're 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 hitting our close right. to our time exactly. here. We're 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 not going to drag this on too no, long. We, we, so. do, we don't want to be. Uh, you don't want to look at our faces this long. Exactly. No, nobody wants to be uh, staring <laughs> at us still at this point. Um, but if we you are, some, thank you. Yeah, we we appreciate it. Um, but uh, let's start with uh, with some of the important predictions. Um, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Over or under. 230 passing yards per game at the end of the season for Spencer Sanders. Over or under 230? For uh, for reference, he averaged 218.3 last season. I'm going to go over. Are you? I think I am, and, and here's why. His receivers are more experienced, mm-hmm. and I think they're a little more, little more talented this year. But with the running back situation, they don't have the Jalen Warren. They don't have the the guy that they want to give the ball to 25, 30 times like they did Jalen. There's not going to be a Boise State type game. No, there's not going to be that. I think Spencer's going to have to throw the ball more. Now, he'll run some, but he's going to throw the ball more. And I think that's going to play into that stat. What about you? I'm I'm right there with you. So maybe I should have gone higher on setting the (laughs) over-under, but – uh, I, still I may have taken it still. I don't <laughs> know. Who knows? Right. Um, but, I mean, his, his highest season mark for his career is, is 223 um, back in, uh, in, in 2020. But he's always um, had Chuba right. before that. Or, yeah. Yeah. They've, they've always had a running back that they were trying to get involved. And I'm not saying they're try, not trying to get Dominic yeah. Richardson involved. They're trying to keep him, uh, keep him healthy yeah. for the long run. And so you're going to see, I think, them go to the air, run mm-hmm. more up-tempo, uh, more fast pace. And, Spencer uh, and run the ball, ball too. Out. He will. He yeah. absolutely will. Uh, they're, you know, they they want to talk about trying to protect him, but they know how much better a player mm-hmm. he is overall when he's running the ball. It's kind of the protection, like a, uh, you know, you said you'd ask about major league baseball players like Ken Griffey Jr. or Josh Hamilton. They right. go so hard, they'll hit walls, they'll die, they do all this stuff, and they'll get hurt. And you're like, you got to protect him, but you can't, you can't rein them in. And I think right. that's Spencer. He can't rein them in. No. Uh, to borrow a Gundy phrase, can't take away his stinger. Ah, that's, yeah, uh, that's, yeah. Uh, that's one you know, he's a magician in the offense, so you can't take that <laughs> <Exactly>. away. <laughs> um, uh, we'll stick with the uh, offensive side of the ball. Over or under 200 carries for Dominic Richardson? Um, what Jalen had was like 250 he, last year? He was in year? the 250 range so, last year. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic because we're sitting here talking about how oh, he's maybe going to be carrying the ball less or they're maybe going to be running the ball less anyway. Yeah, at, at the same time, he doesn't have the depth behind him. Yeah. to to get the help, it's a it's a it's a tough one. I'm gonna go over, but just barely. Okay, I think he's gonna be like a 205, okay. 206. It just seems like 200 carries is who you want to get out of your feature back. I think yeah. you want 200 carries, so I think they're gonna try to get 200 out of him. Yeah, but I don't think he's gonna get the amount of carries Jalen did or should have gotten. Right, exactly. Jalen should have been closer to 300. <laughs> yeah, he but been uh, 300 they didn't realize that they had early. So exactly, uh, I'm gonna go under. 
but barely. Yeah, like one ninety nine. Yeah, it's I just um, that's where I was torn. It's just yeah. it could go just on either side of that. That's a good number. It. it I don't. It, I'd go yeah. to Vegas with that number. Right. No. Um. But I, I do think that he's going to get a substantial number of carries. But I I think that there are going to be times when they try to rest him. They are going to be throwing the ball more. And you know what? He's he's such a violent runner that you yeah. just have to expect that he's going to ding up a shoulder mm-hmm. and have to miss a series or two yeah. here or there and, and those type of things that are that are going to happen. So, uh, And that makes it brings back to yeah. why the depth at running back is so important. All right. Uh, no over-under here, just a, a straight-up prediction. Leading receiver. End of the year, who is the leading receiver? Yards in or catches? Offense? Oh, man. Oh, we're, we're going to do both. Okay, uh, both. We're going to start yards. Yards, yards, uh, yards I'm going to go with. Braden Johnson. Ooh, I like that. I think the offense will go his direction. He's the veteran. He's the experienced guy. And I think he's mentally in a really good place right now. And mm-hmm. I think physically he's in a really good place. I think I like him for the yards. I, um, you know what, for the sake of, of, of the debate, oh, yeah. because I was going to say the same thing. But I think. Uh, <laughs> we I did think, not plan this ahead of no, time. We, we just say what we're going to do and we don't talk exactly. about our answers. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Jaden Bray here. Mm hmm. Um, I was really surprised, and I, I just came across this when I was looking at stats the other day about all the freshman receivers. Bray led the team in yards per catch last season. That's Everybody, true. Across yeah. the board. So I think that he's a guy that yeah. has the uh, the deep threat ability, uh, even though you don't see that. Uh, you know, the, the Z is the is the guy. That's where Braden Johnson is. He's the guy that, yeah. that seems to get looked at the most in this offense. That's the place where Dez and Justin Blackman, James Washington, Tylen Wallace, all those guys have played the Z. Tay Martin um, last year. Tay Martin last year uh, when, you know, he went and had 80 catches. So uh, that other outside receiver doesn't get looked at as often, uh, but his, because of his big playability and, uh, and, and the chance to be uh, right there talent-wise with what Braden Johnson is capable of, I think that he's got a chance to, uh, to do that. Um, I like that. All right, so now – Leader in receptions this season. And I'm, I'm guessing I, I'm going to take the same really answer. It's Brennan right. Presley. It I mean, it's, they're going to throw yeah. the ball to Brennan so much. Yeah. Even if it's just short screens or the jet sweep, little little pop pass. You right. know, I think he's going to have a lot of they're lot of catches. Going to find ways to get the ball. They in his want hands. the ball in his hands so much that I just think I think Brennan's the 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 easy answer for this is that Brennan Presley is going to lead the team in catches. Yeah. All right. Over the defense, uh, leading this tackler, which is. Uh, I'm pretty sure last year our question was, other than Malcolm, yeah. who was the leading tackle. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, now that Malcolm is, uh, is up in Detroit, we can uh, open it up to the entire defense. I'm, my gut is to say Xavier Benson. Right. But I think I'm going to go weird here, and I'm going to say. Oh, I think I know where you're going. I want to say Jason Taylor. I, that's where I, just, I had a feeling that's I just, where he just He's around the ball so right. much. And I, listen, I, I think don't. There are th- I, I don't, think there are three options for this yeah. answer, and, and he's one of them. I he's don't right think there. safety is who OSU wants leading their tackles, right? But he's also one of three safeties, so there's two safeties roaming around somewhere else, right. theoretically. And uh, so I think I think I'm going to go with Jason Taylor just because of his knack to be around the football, um, and pro- primarily because I'm not sold on these linebackers yet. Right. So I don't. I hesitate to pick a linebacker, um, though it should be Xavier Benson. But I think Jason Taylor is my answer. I like it. I am. Uh, I'm gonna go with Xavier Benson, though. I really debated between the two. Um, I could see Mason Cobb being yeah. that guy that that just uh, you know makes a lot of plays between the tackles yep. and uh, and causes a lot of problems 
uh, in that area. Uh, but Benson's um, Benson's speed and his experience level. I mean, this is a guy that's you know he was a starter mm-hmm. at Texas Tech in 2019. Um, you know, started 10 games there. Um, you know, had 120 tackles in JUCO last year. Uh, I think that experience is going to pay off for him. Yeah. And uh, and I think he's at the top of the list. Uh, all right. This one might not be a, a, a great one for conversation purposes. We didn't even discuss this earlier, but I'm throwing it out there. Leader in sacks. Leader in sacks. Colin Oliver led the team last year. Yes, he did. 11 and a half. I think... I think... So here's... I'm going to say Colin Oliver is going to repeat it, but I think I'm going to pick Brock Martin. Okay. Because... I think Brock is primed to have one really – he had a great year last year, but I think he stays healthy this year, and I think he's really dominant. Yeah. So should I have said, other than Colin Oliver, who, who's I not, think so. I think so, two? yeah. Let's do Because I think so you would pick Brock. Colin Oliver, too, again, yeah, right? So I, I think we need, I think number two is Brock. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with Trace. Okay. Trace Ford. Yeah. I really think that, uh, that this guy is going to find a way to have a significant impact on this team. Yeah. Um, obviously, with the stuff we talked about with the depth chart listing, he's going to be all over the place in terms of where they line him up. Yeah. And I think it's going to give him a chance to do some things that are going to be pretty special. So, uh, all right, we got two left. Uh, first, we go to the special teams unit. <laughs> Number of muff punts caused by Tom Hutton. Ha! Let's uh, see. Here. We, we should have done a better job of keeping track of this. We did not keep track of this, year. but I'm thinking he averaged about 30 a game last right, year. So, um, let's see here. Do that math. Um, 1,200. Muff punts. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, I think we said average, right? Or how uh, many? Muff I just punts? said totals. 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 Okay, so totals. I'm gonna say twelve. Ooh, very nice. I like it. Uh, I'm uh, even being the uh, the president of the Tom Hutton fan club. <laughs> I'm only going with seven. Okay, but, uh, but I, I like your uh, I like your. Excitement. He's just the master of it. I've never right. seen a punter. It's fascinating. Be able to do this. It's fascinating. So I'm I'm going with twelve. All right, last one, and we will wrap it up there. Uh, or wrap it up here at Stone Cloud, yeah. this wonderful facility that we got to hang out at today. What's your win total for this Cowboy team this, year, this oh, season? Oh, man, win total. I think they're going to win. Let's see. They're going to win 11 games. Yep. I, I'm, I'm, I'm staying on 10. I don't know why yeah. I'm stuck on 10 uh, because I, I can see them being an 11-win team. Yeah. I could I – could, See them making a, a serious threat at, at 12. Yeah. But when you look at their toughest games, they're all on the road. It just feels like things, things are going to go against them at some point. They're going to have some mm-hmm. unexpected challenges that uh, that you don't see coming. Uh, that was redundant. Uh, <laughs> if, if they're unexpected. <laughs> eh. Anyway. Um, we don't edit this, so. No. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're going to have moments like Iowa State last year where mm-hmm. they, they go up there, they play they play decently well, but it's not enough to get it yeah. done. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen against Iowa State. I think they handled that no, one at home that's here. Easily. I think that's okay. But you look ahead at Baylor, at mm-hmm. Kansas State, at Oklahoma. Um, you know, I could see them I could see them. TCU dropping, could be a struggle. Right, at TCU. Uh, I could see them dropping two of those, two of yeah. those games. So uh, it's a, a, a tough year. Uh, in terms of road games this year, and I think they're going to face some challenges. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all you need is, you know, defense doesn't show up for a quarter and, yep. and you're in trouble. So um, that's, that's kind of what, what I see. But um, I, still see, I, see, I still see double-digit wins for this program. Yeah, this absolutely. Year. I do too. I just think they're built for that, and I think they're built to keep doing that. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, looks like we're over forty uh, over forty four minutes yeah, now. Here at, we go. Uh, at this point. Um, so uh, we'll, we apologize. We won't go that long uh, yeah. all the time because we like to be, this to be a, a nice, short, convenient mm-hmm. podcast for you to get uh, as much OSU football content as possible. So uh, thank you for listening if you're listening, watching if you're watching. Uh, thank you to Stone Cloud Brewery here in, in Stillwater for uh, letting us come hang out. Again, we'll, uh, we'll have details on exactly what times and, uh, and all the things on Tuesday nights for those here in Stillwater that want to come hang out with us yeah. and, and chill for a bit, interact and, with and us. And come hang out with us. Absolutely. We'll have fun. Yes. We get, we get address your questions so we yeah. know what uh, the listeners want to yeah. uh, want us to talk about, all those sorts of things. So September 6th is the next one exactly. live. Yep. So looking forward to it. Thank you, uh, thank you for hanging out with us. Thanks to Addison for uh, putting this all together and getting it out on the uh, the web for us. And again, thanks to Stone Cloud. We'll be talking to you later. Cheers.